Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Texas Hemp Coalition podcast. I am your host and executive director, Alyssa Nolan. And today, our guest that we have with us today is Mr. Jesse Kearns of New Bloom Labs. Jesse, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Alyssa. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, trying to stay cool in this hot Texas weather. Yeah, yes, ma'am. We've, uh, uh, I got to briefly escape Texas for a few days and came up here for a Free the Plant event in Chattanooga, Tennessee over the weekend, but got no relief from the weather. It was double down on the humidity, mid-90s, and the air was stale. So uh, we, we yep. had quite a hot event out there, but it was very well received by the community, and we were really pleased to be out there spreading the good word about him. That's awesome. Well, y'all do such great work both in Tennessee and we're so happy to have you in Texas to help us, you know, start this industry. And I was lucky to meet you guys. So, you know, I'd love to get started to know a little bit more about yourself and how you got involved um, in the hemp industry. Well, John and I originally were born and raised in Upper East Tennessee, uh, graduated school, attended University of Tennessee for a time and really spent 15 years of my professional career in, in professional motorsports uh, through circle track, super late model racing, and then eventually into NASCAR and worked for the Richard Childress Racing Corporation for a long time. And I was really proud to work with those guys. Um, in 2018, I moved home to Tennessee seeking a career change. And there's no doubt motorsports will make an old man out of you in a hurry. So we were just seeking a, a little bit change of lifestyle. And that happened to coincide with the 2018 Farm Bill, which brought cannabis production to the South in the form of hemp. And through that, John and I uh, started New Bloom Labs seeking to alleviate a bottleneck in testing that we had quickly identified in the South. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. And that's definitely something that's, uh, you know, necessary. So, you know, with you guys starting New Bloom Laboratories, what kind of, you know, did y'all have any background within the lab system or, or I'm assuming that y'all have hired a wonderful team that has started, you know, ensuring that y'all are successful? Yes, yes, ma'am. Uh, John and I are scientists. We, we funded and scaled the company and combined with a, with a group of gals and, uh, that were from the toxicology field and were basically, you know, built for speed, we say. Uh, they performed five to 700 blood and urine tests a day. And instead of one HPLC on the shelf, they had a lab of over a dozen. So that whole contract tracing and system that, that allowed them to find all of those, all of those samples, we were able to kind of apply that to hemp. And that kind of gives us, you know, allows us that next business day turnaround and, and really rapid throughput. Right. So, you know, y'all started New Bloom Laboratories in Tennessee. What did y'all learn in that first year in Tennessee? And then what ultimately made y'all want to come into the state of Texas? Sure. Well, cannabis producers need rapid access to their crop and product data. So we intentionally built the most effective lab in the world. We have the fastest turnaround in the industry. In general, testing labs are notorious for poor customer service. So we built an entire customer service department within our company. What this means is that our dialogue with our customers doesn't end when we deliver the certificate of analysis. Instead, when a client needs a consultation or help interpreting results, both our customer service team as well as technical staff are available to help and consult you on your results. We also commonly help customers create a testing and compliance program that's the right size for their business. Not everyone needs to test as much as some others might. We help you identify the best practices, needs, and testing crops for testing crops and products. Uh, and to keep you 
keep you from ordering unnecessary testing, basically, Alyssa, you know, and uh, and we see, we've seen a lot of that in, in, in Texas. And we just try to get you to not get any more testing than you need. And, and why expand to Texas is a great question. Uh, I was really the driver behind our expansion in Texas. Texas opened its hemp program a year after most of the rest of the country. And we knew it had big potential for hemp production. Texas is a special place for a lot of reasons, but its worldwide leadership in agriculture is perhaps the most exciting thing about Texas in my eyes. And I wanted New Bleed Labs to be a part of that. Well, we're excited to have you here. I can remember meeting y'all. I think it was at the uh, Texas Hemp Convention and yeah. we had talked on the phone and I knew automatically that you guys were trustworthy. Um, you know, we were trying to find like-minded individuals who could really help us build this industry. And uh, I mean, you really got out there into the field and drove around the state. So tell us about, you know, what you did when you got to the state of Texas. I mean, you were everywhere. Yeah, that was a that was a lot about our our, our campaign is is visit farmers where they are. Uh, we utilize our sampling kits that allow Texas farmers and producers to easily ship their stuff to us. We realize there's a lot of remote areas in Texas, so I was willing to meet the farmers where they are, deliver those sampling kits in hand, and and share with them best practices. And and I always loved going out to farms and checking out those cool setups and see everybody's different techniques, whether it be indoor, outdoor, total light deprivation, whatever it is, everybody did something a little bit different. And I always just love to not only learn for myself, but but to, you know, offer those guys guidance on on the best ways to test. So yeah. And you bring up those. So I'd love to know a little bit more about you know, what tests that y'all provide at New Bloom Laboratories? And also, could you expand on your amazing uh, sample kits? Yeah. So uh, so we offer the, the full gamut of, uh, of testing that most full panel labs do. We start with a 16 panel cannabinoid test. We, we also do a residual solvents test for uh, process products, a terpene analysis, which identifies your smell and taste notes that go into the consumer experience. This is not exactly a required test by any state, but it could add value if you have really good results or identify terpenes that aren't normally found in maybe that strain or a specific phenotype that you were targeting. And the, the terpenes will reflect that. And of course, all of your full panel tests are very important. These validate that your methods that you use throughout the grow, that you didn't introduce uh, heavy metals or pesticides in your water or soil or use that to control any of the mini pests and, and bugs that are in Texas. And we also do a microbial assay in tech, uh, also test for mycotoxins, which are harmful, harmful contaminants that the mold leaves behind. Right. And so your sample kits, what, uh, you know, those kind of set y'all apart from other laboratories, what, it, what's involved within those kits and what, what makes y'all more competitive on the market than other laboratories? Yeah, sure. So, you know, our sampling kit just kind of came over from the blood and tox field with, uh, with our lab director. You know, they have couriers and stuff that come and pick up all their samples. They have kits sitting in all those doctor's offices. So we just kind of applied that to hemp, like a lot of our stuff. Um, we came up with breathable, breathable coffee bags that will allow that will emit some of that moisture that happens with wet, wet samples. They have 10 of our order forms. It has some sample collection instructions that prompt you to maybe clip and dry your sample down a day before you mail it to us. That helps you get that next business day turnaround that we offer on potency. And then we have some silanation vials for any final retail product like a tincture or a salve or anything as you're processing and formulating your final retail products. We, you can send those into us also and we test that 
full array of edibles, topicals, tinctures, and, and all of that stuff. So all of that was provided in our kits, and we will mail them out to anywhere or give me a call, and I'll come, I'll come visit you. <laughs> well, I know that a lot of farmers have been utilizing that and a lot of retailers. What are y'all seeing within your laboratory? What are you testing the most of at this moment? Uh, well, you know, throughout the uh, the colder months, there were still a lot of light depth guys and year-round growers. So, you know, the, that kept coming in, but it really pivots in the wintertime months to a lot of retail products, a lot of Delta-8 and Delta-10 products. Um, we can separate the two stereo isomers of Delta-10 and report those as RD-10 and SD-10, which is something real exciting that we've been doing since January of this year. So just a, a lot of retail products uh, have been going throughout the going in and out of the lab. Uh, there's a, a specific full panel for Texas that's a little bit different than most uh, flower retail products or flower full panels. And we've been able to offer all that also. I think that, you know, in Texas, we've got several laboratories are out there, but I think what's so awesome about New Bloom is that y'all have had to face challenges already in Tennessee. You kind of know what's coming your direction. You know, Tennessee has, I would say politically is made up very similar to Texas. Um, and we, I know that I lean on Tennessee and the growers coalition there kind of, you know, asking for advice, how should we kind of do things in Texas? So as you've seen challenges in Tennessee, what are some challenges that you're seeing in Texas uh, after being here a little bit over a year? Yeah, sure. So one of the first is not really a fault of there, but, you know, the Texas Department of Agriculture and Dishes started out with some so-so regulations, you know, right in the middle of COVID, they didn't have a lot of people on staff, they weren't in their office, and they had a lot of funding hurdles. They, they didn't have a lot of funding, to be quite frank. So, you know, the regulations uh, was a little tough, but no state crafts effective hemp rules out of the gate. And Texas has been no exception. Many growers are frustrated and and you know, by the confusing transport manifest and their fees. Luckily, we are publishing a YouTube video in the next day or so that will explain everything you need to know about the Texas Hemp Transport Manifest, how to go onto the website, apply and decipher between the two tests, which did create a lot of confusion last year. So just yeah. small videos and instructional things like that are going to be a big part of what we're going to do this year. Definitely. And I know that it's unfortunate that, you know, the legislation didn't get passed this you know, past legislative session, because there was a lot of things that could have assisted with that transport manifest or with the laboratories. What are some of those things that you are hoping to see in rule changes? Well, that's a good point. That's a good, right question. There's, um, there were some of the amendments and statutes in there that go into being able to save the farmers a lot of money or allow Texas hemp producers to be more competitive in the national market. One of the rules was um, once a farmer or a business uh, pop starts or clones for a company, these are very immature plants. And the TDA had rules that where you had to have a sampler come out and declare that official harvest, clip many samples of these little plants. And each one of those plants is, it, you know, goes into their profit. So they had to declare that an official harvest, turn that into the TDA for a compliance test, and then they could take their hemp to market. And a lot of times what happened is people in Texas sought genetics and sought starts and plants from out of state because you had to preload so many charges into selling starts and clones in Texas. So that was one of the, the really good things. Um, we're working with the TDA on, on some manifest um, on some manifest alternatives right now. I think a lot of it's driven because of their lack of funding. And, and I even heard Mr. Sid Miller say on a podcast in the infancy, it may well have been your podcast in the infancy of this, that 
we, there's no, we could not raise this hemp market on the backs of every taxpayer in Texas. We had to do it on the backs of the producers themselves. And of course, that's very unfortunate because people are going, the fir- going through hemp the first time and, and these fees are just stacking up, but that's the only way they could do it. They didn't have the funds to get started. And, and they're, again, pulling single officers out of many different departments to make the hemp department. And, and, you know, we've been able to be a good source of education for them and give them some frontline feedback on what we're seeing in the lab and what we're seeing obstacles that farmers, processors, and retailers, uh, you know, uh, meet every day. No. Yes. And I know that we've had meetings with TDA and they were very excited to have some feedback from, you know, people that are in the industry. It was like they were they were waiting on us to come in, you know, and as soon as we were there, they're like, okay, well, let's make this happen. You know what we need feedback so that we can make this program better. And I, and I think that we are getting there. It's kind of crazy to think about a new industry in agriculture in Texas right now. It's not new. Obviously it was here in the past, but just thinking of growing something new and we are all the pioneers, which is kind of wild to think about. Right. I know it's very exciting time. And, and we took that momentum and, and that camaraderie, to Tennessee and brought it to Texas. Really. I mean, that's what, that's what we've been able to really help these guys with is, is bridge the gap in, in, in learning the proper ways to test and the proper ways to gather your data, especially with new strains that you're growing for the first time. I mean, the, the best way to know what it's going to do is to test and test often and invest in your cannabinoid profile, build good notes the first year to where maybe you don't have to test as much the next year, but you've got that data and you can be more, you know, you can predict better the next time. Sure. So, you know, talking about testing often and and keeping notes, what's some advice that you would give a first time grower um, that maybe, you know, they're about to start testing so that they can harvest? Sure. Well, one of the things that I, that I go into in that video is getting those transport manifests in a timely manner. There is a difference between the two manifests, an official and an unofficial manifest. And you need to get those early in, uh, while you're growing your hemp. Typically, two or three weeks into the budding process, you want to go ahead and apply for both of your manifests. Once you get your unofficial, then you'll start monitoring your potency weekly until that unofficial manifest gives you the signal and the result that you will be able to utilize the official manifest after that, call your sampler in to turn in your compliance test. And we'll run that test at New Bloom Labs and report those results to the TDA. Speaking of samplers, do you guys have a list of samplers that you prefer or, or do you recommend to? Sure. Yeah. So what we did is, is you know, we really pride ourselves in being an unbiased through third-party labs. So we don't have a, a list of samplers, but I've l- been lucky to work with over 50 samplers throughout the state. So my advice is to find a sampler close in your area and just reach out to th- those samplers and find the best deal for your farm. Um, if you have any questions about that, I can send you three or four names, but I also tell people to call three or four more and get the best deal for you. It seems like a lot of times last year, it was a lot of farmers helping other farmers. Mm-hmm. Sample, you know, right. and that's what it's and that's what it's become, and that's fine. 
Yeah, definitely. I do think, and I think that we agree that the sampling and testing portion of the industry needs to be a, a little more seamless. And, you know, it, at some point we, you know, I talked to some other laboratories and we talk about testing standards. What are your opinions on standards for testing, you know, across the industry? Because, you know, you can be, you have to be ISO certified, but it doesn't mean that everyone's standards are the same when it comes to each particular laboratory. Yeah, sure. So everybody's SOP, that the process they do and how they extract their cannabinoids in the liquid all, all differ a lot. And, and so what we've been able to do is, is, you know, we've been able to participate like in Canna QAP, which was sponsored by the Department of Commerce, where all these different labs can apply for this. Uh, test and, and this experiment, and you'll be sent a variety of potency tests. You'll test those and, and come up back with results. And they're basically gathering data to try to streamline this and try to get some congruency in, in the industry. So, you know, we've got, uh, you know, Natalie does a really good job of getting our standards and controls and our SOPs and our, our, our uh, you know, our QC testing, quality control testing, and all that stuff is all pretty much automatic. It comes in, it goes out. We don't even know it's there, and we, and we've passed them with flying colors. So that's a lot of about just internal audits and things of that nature that you have to, you know, you have to put up yourself because there might not be, you know, ISO is very important, but there might not be other. Well, for instance, uh, because of COVID, they gave everybody another year into not having to be DEA registered. Well, that's the first thing we did. We got DEA registered right off the bat just to get it behind us and just to establish ourselves that that we follow all those protocols. And, and moving into a big city like Dallas, it was good to let the DEA know that we're here. Let your local you know, law enforcement know that we're here. Let them know what's going on. I've uh, you know, been really been really good to work with those guys, including the postal inspectors and the post office. You know, that is has emerged as the best way to ship your wet plant material throughout Texas is through the postal service. FedEx and UPS have hostile, uh, you know, rules against hemp. And a lot of times it gets seized and, and we never see it. So, you know, let the government send your hemp to us. <laughs> yeah. Get them involved. Let them know what's going on. It's always wonderful to be transparent. I think we can agree on that. <laughs> um, so, you know, what opportunities are you seeing in Texas as we look ahead into the future? Well, Alyssa, there's a huge upside for Texas hemp, almost an unlimited ceiling. Texas has the resources, land, soil, and various climates for different types of hemp cultivation, from fiber hemp production out west to some really excellent cannabinoid producers that we see scattered throughout the state, but particularly in Dallas and Austin areas. Plus, you're starting to see some really astute large-scale processors come online here in Texas. Our friends and fellow Texas Hemp Coalition members, Bayou City Hemp, come to mind. Definitely. And, you know, it, it, I say this again, and it's like the pioneers in the state of Texas, we're all learning and growing together and we're seeing some really start to emerge. And, and Bayou City, like, I think we all knew that they were going to be a, a massive hit and success. And, and you're already starting to see that. And it's the same thing with New Bloom Labs as well, is you can just tell the difference when a farmer is speaking with one of you at New Bloom. They feel comfortable. They feel like it's a friend that's talking to them. You know, laboratories can be scary. Uh, they can be intimidating, but y'all definitely give this fresh, you know, next door neighbor, good old boy, you know, friend of the agriculture industry that I think that Texans really like to see. 
Thank you so, very much. I appreciate it. Oh, you're, you're so welcome. And it's, and it's definitely true. I've seen you guys work with a lot of different farms and retailers out there and, and everybody has a wonderful experience. So, you know, in your opinion, coming from Tennessee and y'all seeing the, you know, experience that you've had there and how it's progressing, you know, how do you think that we can best secure a bright future for the Texas hemp industry? Well, right now, Alyssa, legislative action. You know, we all walked through our session this year. Uh, I'm sure there were, you know, there are a lot of trade-offs involved with uh, with the hemp bill. And unfortunate to see not a lot of those come to fruition. But I still think there's a lot of work to be done on an agency level, which I, I'm so blessed to work with you in that regard and have an open line of communication with the, the Texas Tobacco. Texas Department of Agriculture and the Department of State Health Services. You know, you guys are doing excellent work, not to mention the incredible, com incredible community of hemp producers of all sorts that has sprung around it. You know, and I urge everybody to get involved, call your state reps, demand reform on hemp rules while preserving the things that work like a thriving Delta 8 market. Definitely. And that's what we saw during this past legislative session is that sometimes there are trade-offs. And I think that that's important. The important work that we do with the coalition, one of our major tenants is advocacy and education, also networking, but advocacy and education, you know, in the political process, and I know y'all are super familiar with it um, and y'all's background is that sometimes you don't get everything that you want, but you have to realize that it's baby steps that it takes to get to a positive momentum. And that's what we had to deal with. Don't you agree? I do. I do. And, and, you know, as we lay the cornerstone for hemp regulation, you know, just keep in mind it's regulatory framework that guide us. We have the we have the power to to bring this up to the Department of Agriculture. We have we have the power of the people to to demand regulation. And I, again, encourage you guys to call and let your representatives know how you feel in your in your in your districts, respective districts. I concur with that. I think that would make a huge difference. Uh, a lot of these legislators, I would say, like on the House side of things, they're pretty trustworthy. They understand the ag community. They understand the issue. When you get over to the Senate or maybe more of the higher ups, they're not as knowledgeable. People may be a little more timid to speak about this industry, but just know, and I think that's what we're encouraging, is that these people represent you. And they are here to get reelected by you. And so they need to hear where this industry is going. So, you know, speaking of Delta 8, um, you know, do you think that if, you know, there were minor cannabinoids that were banned, that you would have seen a shift in maybe the success of your laboratory? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, there, I mean, there's no doubt there's a lot of Delta 8 business coming in, but there's, you know, there's also needs to be, there needs to be room for, for the proper regulation also, and then to be able to identify these boutique cannabinoids and these, you know, trick stuff that comes out and that we have time to identify what they are and make sure they're safe. Exactly. That's the main thing for me. Exactly. And, you know, if we would have been given the opportunity to regulate, I think we would have loved to come up with something, but we had to kind of save a market that's here in the state of Texas that is really thriving so that we can continue to have an industry. So, you know, you guys test a lot of different products. You test minor cannabinoids. Um, you are testing retail products and also, you know, flour um, and you're with your pre-harvest testing as well. Um, you know, if somebody is interested in using your services, what is the best way for them to get in contact with someone at New Bloom Labs? Sure. Well, they can always call me directly. You can get a hold of us at 1-844-TEST-CBD. 
Um, you can go onto our website and request a sampling kit and we'll mail one out to you today at newbloomlabs.com. We're on facebook.com slash newbloomlabs, Instagram, of course, at newbloomlabs. And we have our YouTube channel dropping soon. Awesome. What's going to be on that YouTube channel? Well, just a lot of instructional videos. The first one, like I mentioned earlier, is, is to you know discern the difference between the unofficial manifest and official manifest and how to utilize those documents correctly. I think that that's going to be excellent for people to kind of follow along to know because these first year farmers may not know necessarily how to take an unofficial sample to send into a laboratory. And also for our samplers that are out there to maybe have a little bit more knowledge on what is the best type of sample to take to send off for those official tests. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for, you know, spending time with us here today and telling us about New Bloom Laboratories. Is there anything else that you would like to leave us with before we uh, jump off this podcast? No, I just encourage you guys to like us on Instagram and Facebook and be on the lookout for those notifications of those new videos and YouTube channels dropping because there's going to be a lot of great info in there. Well, thank you so much, Jesse. Uh, Jesse serves as the executive vice president for the Texas Hemp Coalition. And thank you for all the work that uh, you and New Bloom Laboratories do. And we will see everyone on the next podcast. Thanks, Alyssa. Thanks, Alyssa.